his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, welcome back. Uh, you're listening to the Mark Cox Morning Show. Happy that you are with us this morning. And uh, we are uh, just uh, trying to keep up with everything, right? Um First of all, I'm watching this Josh Hawley story uh, from uh, from yesterday, and I noticed earlier after after Hawley held Zuckerberg's feet to the fire, and he stood up and apologized in front of this crowd. I'm thinking to myself, so you've got people here who who blame social media for the death of their children because a sexual predator in one of the stories I read, a sexual predator was able to connect with a child meet the child, ended up giving the child drugs, which ended up being laced with fentanyl that led to the kid's death. Um, is is social media completely responsible for that? I don't know. Could more parental responsibility have been an issue there? Maybe. But Zuckerberg turned up and looked at these people in this hearing and apologized for it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, there's a lawsuit coming now. If it hadn't been filed, yeah, it's going to be filed tomorrow. You know that's what's going to happen. And then I found the the media finally uh, asking uh, those kinds of uh, questions yesterday. Listen, Mark, do you take any blame for these kids who are dead? Mark, do you take any blame? Do you apologize to these families for these kids that are dead? Yeah, that was Aisha Hosni, one of the Fox reporters outside of the courthouse yesterday. She sounds a lot like. Kim St. Ange, didn't you think that? I listened to her voice really? thinking, that sounds like Kim. I didn't think that. Uh, anyway, I thought Wait, that. Wait, so he didn't answer, right? No, I didn't he, hear, he did yeah, not he just got in the car. He did not answer. But my I mean, guess, that'd be stupid to answer. Yeah. <laughs> it would have, but he apologized to them. Yeah. In court. Uh, if you didn't hear it, uh, that was a, a great piece of audio there. So we'll we'll have to show you that uh, again. We'll play it again before the end of the show uh, so you can hear it uh, for sure. Uh, lots of uh, stuff going on. We had police chief... Tracy from the St. Louis Metropolitan PD on last hour. If you missed that interview, it'll be it's available up on demand. You can hit the rewind on the Odyssey app and listen to it. Kim and I specifically talked ahead of time about asking him why the video and the reports have not been released from the Performing Arts Academy. And he kind of hemmed and hawed at first. And then I'm really glad you asked him that follow-up question, Kim, about yeah, but chief, when? It's mm-hmm. been 15 months. My point to him was if if the victim the, the shooter's dead, right? We we know who the victims are. The shooter is dead. Nobody else has been charged in connection with the case. Why is the case not closed? And if the case is closed, why don't we have the report? 
What what they, they just lead you to speculate that there must be something in there they don't want the general public to know. And what's interesting when we pressed him on it, when are you going to release it, Chief? Specifically, when he said, I believe. About three weeks or so is kind of the rough timeline. He was very reluctant to really give us a specific date, which which I understand. But like you said, Mark, it's been 15 months at this point. Why are we still waiting for this? So I think we need to follow up with him, Mark. If he's saying about three three weeks, I understand there could be a week or two delay. But if it's three months later and there's still nothing that's been released, we've got to go back to him and say, what's going on? You said this. Why are we now waiting again? Right. Right. Well, I mean, we're glad that he's uh, willing to take uh, the questions, but I, I do hope that he follows up with uh, sort of his promise to us there that in the next few weeks that'll finally be released, and then we'll, maybe we'll get to the bottom of it. Uh, coming up, we've got former Senator Jim Talent. we got to Patrick Holland with another new effort that's going on in, in Jeff City, some legislation that we really haven't talked about yet. We've been focused on IP reform and education reform and, and all of that. This one deals with currency. We're going to get to Patrick Holland at uh, 735 on that. But first, here's our short stories, our short list. The Mark Cox Shortlist. If you think that Instagram is not hurting millions of our young people, particularly young teens, particularly young women, you shouldn't be driving. <laughs> yeah, boy, I don't know how you uh, I don't know how you disagree uh, on that at all. Uh, that Senator Kennedy yesterday to Mark Zuckerberg. Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. And he did. Shockingly, he did. It's news that uh, is making the mainstream media today as well. I met with him undercover on Sunday, January the 21st with my hair dyed, wearing fake eyeglasses. Not only did he not recognize me, he sang like a bird. <laughs> James O'Keefe of the O'Keefe Media Group went undercover and got somebody from the Biden administration to basically admit they're all worried about him, too. During the discussion, residents did not hold back, voicing their frustrations. Am I blaming the system? Many questions. <laughs> yeah. The, you think we got crime problems in St. Louis. Have you heard what's going on in Washington, D.C.? People are afraid. Like when I was there a year ago, they told us not to not to go to dinner after dark and try to walk back to the hotel to take an Uber. They warned us then. It's worse now than it was a year ago when, when Carl and I were up there. Uh, to the point that they had a big summit last night with the, the – the, they have an attorney general for the District of Columbia. They, it's not like a, a circuit attorney or something. They, they refer to him as an attorney general, the D.C. – Attorney General. Uh, his name is Brian Schwalb, and he met with a bunch of these residents last night. This, bear in mind, a lot of this is juvenile crime. A lot of it's car theft and carjackings because the juveniles know they can get away with it. And remember the Kim Gardner lesson that we learned in St. Louis. If someone tells you what they're going to do, take their word for it. She told us she intended to change the way justice is administered by not administering justice. That's what she told us she would do. It's what she did. Thousands of cases were not prosecuted. In many cases, charges were never filed. In other cases, the cases got dropped because of her pure incompetence. That's what happened in the city of St. Louis. But it was all intentional. It was all intentional. They don't believe that you can um, use 
police resources and and prosecution to stop criminality. It's insane. It borders on insanity. We, we've seen what it's done and what Gabe Gore is trying to dig out of right here in the city of St. Louis. I want you to listen to the response from this guy after listening to his residents in D.C. yesterday complain about this. It's right at the very end. Listen to what the D.C. Attorney General says about dealing with crime. During the discussion, residents did not hold back, voicing their frustrations. Am I playing the system? Many questioning why kids aren't being held accountable. We as a city and a community need to be much more focused on prevention and surrounding young people and their families with resources if we want to be safer in the long run. We cannot prosecute and arrest our way out of it. We cannot prosecute and arrest our way out of it. Here's the thing. You have to have a deterrent. Otherwise, what stops many, but anybody from wanting to commit the crime? If they know that they are going to be held and not released 24 hours later, it might be enough of a reason for them to not commit the crime in the first place. So I understand the resources, but that's not the ultimate solution, in no, my opinion. That, that ship has sailed. Uh, it has sailed. The only way to stop the problem now is to prosecute. Uh, arrest and prosecute the people that are doing this. If they're not on the street, they can't commit more crimes and word will spread quickly. Uh, That's that's just, we know that works. Uh, Trying to go back and claim, we need to wrap our arms around the families and help these kids when they're little. Well, uh, long term, you might be onto something there. That doesn't fix the problem right now at all. Coming up, Jim Talent is going to join us. Uh, There's talk of some... Uh, you know, bipartisan deal on the border up in D.C. I don't know if it happens or not. They're working on budgeting. Yesterday, the House passed some sort of a tax cut bill. They don't know if it's going to make it through the Senate or not. Expanding tax credits. We're going to get to all that and more for you coming up. We'll be right back. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. You expected someone else? So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Joe Biden is the weakest incumbent in America since Jimmy Carter in 1980. And don't forget, on the Thursday before the election, Carter was dead even with Ronald Reagan. After their one debate, 
Reagan beat Jimmy Carter by nine points. This is a look into the future. Former Senator Jim Talent uh, joining us uh, on the phone here right now. Jim, uh, welcome back. Thank you, Mark. That that was Frank Luntz, uh, who we all know, uh, who's very famous for for his uh, punditry and taking polls leading up to elections. And he's comparing the weaknesses of Joe Biden uh, to Jimmy Carter, which I've heard other people say, but he went further than that. He went into detail about how he's he's losing uh, the youth vote. He's losing the black vote. He's losing the Hispanic vote, not losing as in more of them will vote for Trump than him, but that large percentages of them, much larger percentages of them are looking at Trump instead of Biden. Well, are you surprised? I mean, if you look at the situation in the country with crime and the border and the economy in general and inflation after the schools were closed for two years and all the other issues that are roiling the people and you know, the Biden administration owns them, those issues. I mean, in other words, they they've been out front. I mean, they've they've claimed credit for the things that are driving uh, what is hurting Americans day to day. And so, yeah, he's very weak. And this is why I say I want our movement, my movement to focus on winning in November. And I think we do that by focusing on what Biden's done wrong and how good things were under Trump, assuming he's going to be the nominee, which I think he will. That's the, those are the issues to drive Mark, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it sure seems like it. I, I just, uh, you know, the mainstream media is not really talking about that. And I, I just thought it was interesting to hear uh, Luntz make that point. Jim, uh, any thoughts on this uh, tax bill that passed the house yesterday? It, it, it enhances child tax credits, but they're refundable child tax credits. And, And um, basically, I heard Thomas Massey talking about the fact that this basically is just a a payoff. I mean, if it's a refundable tax credit, then it just means you're going to get a bigger refund. Yeah, it extends. But there are other provisions in the bill that that are really good, like expensing. That's very good for, uh, you know, for the economy. The research and development tax credit is in there. The child tax credit is the controversial one on the one hand. Uh, that's a good way to provide support for low-income Americans if you're going to provide it. On the other hand, we have a network of support which um, gives a lot and doesn't demand enough. In other words, I was always a supporter of, and we did this in the welfare bill, work requirements uh, for able-bodied Americans uh, as part of support. And most Americans do believe in that. And of course, you can't put that in a tax bill. So that's the controversial part. I guess, I don't know. My inclination would probably be to support it. Um, you're not going to get everything you want, um, but um, that's that's the part that's the most controversial. Yeah. You know, I, you and I have not, uh, Kim, did you have a question? Well, no, I just wanted to ask his opinion on the whole situation with Congresswoman Cori Bush, if you had any thoughts on that whole situation, <laughs> because Mark and I have talked yeah. about, she says there have been threats on her life, but surely if that had happened, like a true attempt to kill her, it would have made network news. Well, yeah, I mean, and and if something like that happens, I mean, if you get something that you think is a true threat, you know, you, know, you get some crazy mail, you know, you know, you report it to the authorities and try and make an assessment about how 
real it is. And then if you have to take some steps, you take some steps. I'm just I'm not inclined to credit it, though. Based on what she's saying, I mean, surely um, being surely being a, a former U.S. senator, you probably got your fair share of people sending you crazy emails, letters, threats, things like that. <laughs> yeah, when I was in the legislature, I got a letter, and in those days, you know, you got letters, and I framed it. It's still in my basement someplace. It starts off: uh, you have about as much chance of getting my vote in the next election as a snowball has in the hell you've created for me. It was actually a very well written letter. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was, to be fair to the correspondent, that, that wasn't a threat. I mean, it's just a, it's other than a threat of not voting for me, and fair enough. So you do have to, it, it, you know, it, particularly in this day and age, you have to take it seriously. Maybe I should say let's give her the benefit out until we see what's behind this. But she does tend to dramatize the situation she's in. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. 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 Jim, uh, quickly here, I got I got about a minute uh, just to get your thoughts on on the passing of Gene Carnahan this week. I know you you served. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I tweeted out um, I knew Gene and Mel for a long time. Uh, She was a noble woman who cared about the country and her family. And, um, you know, I miss her. And it's um, part of I mean, they were they were the an older age cohort uh, vis-a-vis me. So I can't say that, you know, they were sort of my group in politics, but I respected them both. And uh, even though Jean and I ran against each other, um, you know, it was uh, she ran with integrity. I like to think I did. And she's going to be missed. Well, I tell you what, I appreciate uh, appreciate your thoughts on that this morning, Jim. We'll talk next week. Thank you. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. I appreciate that. Yeah, I knew that uh, I knew they had uh, they had run against each other in in 2002 and I figured he since he served with her and knew of her, that he would, uh, he knew both Carnahan's, mm-hmm. obviously, very well. But uh, that was sad news this week. Hey, coming up, uh, we are going to talk about something that, uh, I don't know, is kind of a new idea to me. I'd never really considered it before, but there is a bill that is pending in, in the State House of Missouri. It's called the Constitutional Money Act. And if it's passed, Missouri would become one of just Six states where gold and silver could be used alongside the dollar for purchases. Uh, Why do we need to be able to do that? Uh, We're going to talk to Patrick Holland about that from the Missouri Freedom Initiative coming up. Well, remember the gold standard? Boy, that seems like uh, a blast from the past, doesn't it? We used to have that in this country, and a lot of people have wanted to move back to it over the years, and that has never happened for a whole variety of reasons that we don't have time to get into right now. But there is a bill pending in Missouri. Again, it is called the Constitutional Money Act, HB 1955. And I ran into Patrick Holland when I was in the halls of the Capitol building the other day in Jefferson City, and we decided we'd get him on here to talk about this. Patrick, welcome back. Hey, good morning, Mark. Thank you so much for having me back. And may I say, sir, you have some of the best bumper music in the business. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I pre- Carl, thanks you very much. He does a good job of that, for sure. <laughs> he does. Uh, t- let, let's talk about why we need a Constitutional Money Act in Missouri. Sure. And, and let's keep in mind, uh, this is happening all over the country. It's not just here. Although it may be that we kind of set a trend in the year 2023 with uh, Senator Eigel who kind of kicked this whole thing off nationwide. Uh, I'm not saying he's a trendsetter. I'm just saying that he's thinking the same thing the other states were thinking. 
having a backup option. So having gold and silver as money, again, doesn't necessarily mean you're carrying around coins in your pocket. Uh, There's lots of ways to transact in. However, the real deal here is the real threat that other states are talking about. And believe it or not, you can see this in interviews all over the place. They're worried about the central bank digital currency that seems to be coming down the pike and the totalitarian dangers that come with it as we're being shown by what's going on in China. Well, I've talked a little bit about central bank digital currency, and it it is frightening. Anybody who considers this concept that your money would only exist uh, in, in, you know, uh, dots and dashes on a computer somewhere – and that the government right. could could effectively go in with a button and freeze. I mean, I guess they could freeze your money account, too. But your digital currency could completely be controlled by some 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 greater authority. Right. Correct. And and it would, of course, be based on a social credit score, because, Mark, I mean, we know that you're never critical of the federal government <laughs> or, you know, and so so you're probably OK. But some of us on social media are somewhat, you know, critical of the federal government. And of course, the federal government is tied to the Federal Reserve. So if we say something critical of the government, will they shut down our wallets, our digital currencies? Will they prevent us from getting our our car started in the morning? You know, or, you know, our electric car, you know, or will they stop us from being able to buy meat in the grocery store? These are problems they're running into in China already. In fact, Mark, I've got some wild stories I've heard from China already. For instance, uh, a safe zone. If, If your phone shows you that you're within 500 feet of someone with a low social credit score in China, you have five minutes to be further than 500 feet away from that person. And they do it by GPS on the phones. The phones are a very big part of that digital credit score, um, you know, the, the digital wallet, yeah. you know, tyranny. And so this is something that is most likely coming down the pike here in America. And it's not just Missouri, you know, with uh, Senator uh, Senator Eigel has a version of the bill. It's SB 735. The companion bill, as you mentioned earlier, is Bill Hardwick's. uh, And that's HB 1955. And all it's doing is setting up another option for Missourians if this kind of tyranny comes down the pike from the Federal Reserve and the federal government and other states are doing the same thing. Um, Patrick, this is Kim. I'm sure some people would think, oh, that's crazy. You're just being a conspiracy theorist. But you give the example in China, which, by the way, is terrifying. But then, I mean, some of this did happen. I want to say it was in Canada at the very least during COVID and people's bank accounts were shut down. So it's not like this is out of the realm of possibilities to happen here in this area, you know. I agree. And the West is ripe for this sort of thing, you know, with, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much we could say about this, you know, censorship and all that fun stuff. But the tyranny that came with COVID mm-hmm. is a perfect example of what they can do, even without a digital, um, you know, uh, currency and without uh, social credit scores. With the current system, they can be tyrannical. But with the new system they intend to replace the dollar with uh, is literally made for tyranny. And China is showing us every day. Well, it certainly couldn't hurt to have options. And and hopefully this is something that, you know, with all the noise in the background in Jeff City, uh, you must you must feel like you're fighting an uphill battle to, just to get attention for issues like this. 
Yes, you. It, that's a very good point too. There's a there's certainly a lot of distraction up in Jeff City right now. Uh, I don't give up. Our group, the Missouri Freedom Initiative, we don't give up. We are still uh, talking to uh, representatives. We're still talking to senators about the importance of having this option. And I want to throw something else out there too. Uh, there's so many free market solutions to use gold and silver that don't involve carrying, you know, lumps of metal in your purse or in your pocket. Right. So uh, let's get that out of the way real quick first. But the fact is uh, that we do have people in Jefferson City who have co-sponsored this bill that are looking out for the people that are trying to get it across the finish line um, that are working with the Missouri Freedom Initiative and others. There's grassroots all over the state that want this bill. So that's encouraging. So, yes, there, there are distractions in Jeff City, but we, there's a lot of support for this bill. So that, that definitely helps us out. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Holland, my guest from Missouri Freedom Initiative. Now, I want to ask you very quickly about concurrent majority and IP reform. I think people's sure. eyes glaze over when they hear those words. Uh, yes. I do. I do. But when you talk about concurrent majority, it, majority it's important to understand it doesn't change the, the, uh, the number of the amount of votes needed to pass something. It's 50 plus one. But then it's either the same thing in five of the eight congressional districts or half of the House districts. Which of those two versions do you support? I support House districts. I think House districts is more representative of of basically everyone in the state. So I think that's probably a fair way to go. Uh, But I, I agree with you. There's confusion about this. And a lot of people think, oh, they're trying to take away our voice. But, Mark, what's really important for people to realize is that we don't lose the ability to actually use the uh, the IP system by uh, by signature. What I mean by this is the amount of signatures that must be collected to get something on the ballot remains the same. So we still get to bring a better idea in front of the people, no matter if it's uh, congressional districts or house districts. Yeah. So uh, so I, I think it's in amongst all the confusion. What I'm seeing on social media from liberals all over the state is they're taking away our voice. That's what they're doing. They're specifically trying to take away the ballot initiative process from us, and nothing could be further from the truth. They're trying to make it more representative of the entire state rather than just Kansas City and St. Louis uh, ruling the roost. And, and Patrick, to your point on that, if if um, concurrent majority had been in place for the marijuana initiative and House districts were the deciding factor— it would still have passed. I think people need to understand that. It does not radically change the system. What it ensures is that you have a representative number of people from districts all over the state that has supported and not just the population centers, right? That is correct. And and one more thing that I think it's really important for us to understand is we know Lots and lots of money is flowing in from out of state to push certain ideas yes. in the state of Missouri. And and House Districts is a, uh, a kind of a defense mechanism to prevent that from happening. Um, congressional Districts, uh, you know, is somewhat of a defense mechanism, too. But the House Districts is the stronger argument to prevent outsiders from the state of Missouri changing our Constitution. It's an important thing, actually, even though it is complicated. So concurrent majority is definitely the way to go. And those who say, you know, the naysayers saying, well, look, uh, Ohio didn't want, you know, to change how to uh, change their constitution. So Missouri probably won't either. They didn't go by concurrent majority. They went by a 60 percent majority. That is a losing proposition. 
And that's what Ohio chose to put on the ballot, and it did not go. Ours is much, much better than that. Patrick Collin, we appreciate your time. Um, MoFreedom.org, and, of course, you can find out more about uh, the constitutional issue there with the, with the uh, gold and silver and IP reform and all that. Thank you, my friend. Thank you very much, MoFree.org, and thank you very much for having me back, Mark. God bless you guys. You guys are awesome. Yep, we appreciate you. Thank you for that. Uh, what a great voice. He's got a great radio voice. He so does have a great guy. voice. It, it's interesting, by the way, to note that marijuana, it still would have passed. It would have passed. You know, and I think I think that's part of the issue is we need somebody going to the mainstream media, to the local media outlets, and in, in layman's terms, explaining what you just explained, because I think that's part of it. It gets confusing. They're then confused, and so they just kind of gloss over it or completely neglect to even include it in their report and it's one-sided yeah i I think that's really what you need they just report on things like ballot candy because it's a cute name we're trying to take the voice away from people (laughs) that's what it is it's it's just hogwash you just need to apply a little bit of common sense and explain it that which is what we try to do here all right a quick break here i still have shanna bream coming up uh, and uh, Griff Jenkins ticket giveaway for REO Speedwagon and Train. It's all coming up on the Mark Cox Morning Show. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. President. One of my favorite versions of that song. That is kind of awk, the kids would say these days. <laughs> Marilyn Monroe yeah. singing happy birthday to, to JFK. Yep. And Jackie's sitting there looking at that. Woo! Baby. But happy birthday to little Easton. He is one year old today. Yeah, thank you. That poor little guy's dealing with a ear infection and... You're celebrating Saturday, though, so he ought to be better by then, right? We're hoping, yeah. yeah. Went to the doctor yesterday, double ear infection and just all kinds of other things. But doesn't oh, have the flu, they say. I hate that for them. They're so miserable. They don't understand what's going on. They just want some relief. And mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the parents have to put up with, with um, trying to comfort them, which is never easy, for sure. Yeah, but it's been a, it's been a really great year. The whole morning I've been, like, replaying just, you know, like I got up this morning and I'm like, okay, at this time... I, I remember having contractions, and I was in and this time <laughs> yeah, I yeah. went to the hospital. And this time, you know, it's like the whole day you're kind of playing back the day he was born. That's so sweet. Just uh, zip by. Well, happy birthday to little Easton. I, I did want to bring this up. I, I meant to talk about it yesterday. Kim, you sent this to me, actually, about this Illinois uh, bill that might prevent police from pulling people over, like just in general, but for things like expired tags. Listen to this. The bill's sponsor, Representative Justin Slaughter, says the bill was meant to start a conversation to see if the state could reduce the number of offenses you can be pulled over for. The lawmakers behind these kinds of pushes are concerned these traffic stops are being used as a reason to stop and search cars for other evidence of more serious crimes. In a statement, Slaughter said, quote, For decades, Illinois has wrestled with the challenge of racial bias in traffic stops and the disparate outcomes that are too often the result. There we go. I'm sorry. The racial component is what they're worried about. That's it. Yeah. This is the person that sponsored this is the same one that that sponsored uh, the Safety Act in the state of Illinois. This is what you need to know about it. If this passes, police would no longer be able to stop a motor vehicle for uh, failure to display plates or stickers. 
What would be your reason for going out and paying to register your car if there was no penalty for not registering your car? You think the temp tag problem is bad in Missouri. People just drive around with no plates in Illinois. They won't need to worry about it. Yeah. Um, they couldn't pull you over for operating with an expired registration. They couldn't pull you over for excessive tenting or defective uh, windshield wipers or an obstructed windshield or excessive exhaust because you either somebody stole your catalytic converter or you cut the muffler off to make the darn thing louder to impress your neighbors. I don't know. Uh, it would remove all those things out of fear. They're just being enforced to search for evidence of another crime. Remember, you also already can't pull somebody over because you smell pot. Remember, uh, the Kim Gardner changed that years ago when it was still illegal. She didn't want you pulling somebody over just for the the reek of marijuana rolling out of the car like the windows roll down and a big cloud of smoke rolls out. Oh, nothing going on here. Look the other way. It's it. It's the death of common sense. Yep. Uh, we'll see if it passes. It's being proposed over in uh, the People's Republic of Illinois. <laughs> How about that? Coming up, Shannon Bream, Griff Jenkins, and some REO Speedwagon tickets were given away. Next hour. Get more at 971talk.com. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. <laughs> But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.